Hello, hello, Ashley Nicole here. You are listening to An Introvert at Large, a podcast about taking control of your mind and your life along the way. Life is an experiment, you're the scientist. Let's get into it. Okay, so I have a question that I don't know if maybe you guys have listened to some of those motivational movie um, videos on YouTube. They're like monster motivation and like 10 minutes of the most powerful motivational speeches ever and whatever. But um, a question that came up because I started watching some of these, um, which I do from time to time, but a question I hadn't asked myself yet is, is it wrong to use proving people wrong as motivation? Because when you watch these videos, you know, naysayers and haters really seem to factor into how people who are wildly successful, how they end up succeeding. It seems to factor into how they succeeded. It wasn't an in spite of, it was almost because of the naysayers they succeeded. And it got me thinking and I started to wonder whether that was right, whether that was wrong, because that's something that I have always resisted. Proving people wrong is something I've always pushed back on because it seemed negative and hateful. But then when you look at these individuals, for example, Dwayne Johnson, um, even Tom Bilyeu, Gary Vee, and there are others as well, famous people from history, from just every walk of life who have said that proving people wrong really motivated them. And then on the other hand, you have people who say that proving people wrong is unhealthy and that um, more importantly than proving people wrong, as Mel Robbins says, you should be working to prove yourself right. And I appreciate both sides, um, but part of me wonders, and that's what I'm going to get into today, whether maybe there's a place for every type of motivation, even proving people wrong. So just to get into it, I have always struggled with black and white thinking, like a kind of absolutism, a kind of purism, not exactly in the religious sense, though finding the best way to do everything over the you know course of my adult life has not it has been not far from religion for me. It's just kind of like, tell me the best way and I'll do it. Um, but of course, that means high-flying times of absolute certainty, which are often followed by an abyss of doubt when some real-life experience challenges, you know, my perfect plan. So I'm not foolish enough or inexperienced enough to think that this podcast in and of itself and the blog that goes with it won't turn out the same way. Basically, I'm learning as much as you guys are, and I'm just kind of writing through what I'm learning. So I don't claim to have all the answers. I don't claim to have the moral high ground or even moral knowledge. I'm just trying to figure out how to do this thing called life and build a life I'm proud of. As I always say, life is an experiment. I'm the scientist and that's, and you're the scientist. And so that's where we are. We're just going to move forward with it. One of my first experiences with this whole concept of proving people wrong was years ago, there was this person I used to know. We were in the same friend group for a brief period of time. It was more of a happenstance acquaintanceship (laughs) than like an actual friendship. I said in the presence of a small group of us, I said, you know, I really want to live in my own apartment, no roommates. I want to live in my own space. And this person said, oh, you'll never be able to afford that. Nobody said anything. I didn't say, I was just kind of shocked. Um, And nobody in the group said, oh, maybe, you know, that's not impossible, blah, 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 you know, all that stuff. It was just kind of like one of those statements, like done you're never going to be able to afford that. There wasn't even a, maybe in five years, it was just a no. I didn't often have these moments before last year where I thought, in that moment, I thought to myself, you have no idea of who I am and where I'm going. 
at the time. I was pretty passive, very easygoing. Even though I had opinions, I didn't share them because I didn't want to rock the boat, blah, blah, blah. But in that moment, I had that feeling of, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't get to say what I can and cannot do. And now I'm sitting here recording this podcast in my own apartment. And yeah, it's several years later, and maybe I could have done it sooner, but I did it. And so whenever I begin to doubt myself, I like hearken back to that moment. Now, I'm not saying that this person's goal was to bring me down or to stop me or to make me small, but the fact is it elicited a response in me that actually ended up propelling me towards the future I wanted. Another example, last year I presented a song to a group of people and the song had gotten really great responses from people in live settings. It was one of my more popular songs, uh, even though it was relatively new. And I presented it thinking that, you know, obviously it needs some work, but it's got a good message. It has good, you know, a good tune. There's a lot going for it. And this person who was supposed to be constructive, completely tore it apart, had nothing nice to say, not a single kind or encouraging word. I was in total shock. And when I looked around at the other people who were also sharing their music, they were shocked too. And I realized in that moment, something else was going on. I don't know what, I have no idea why that happened. I don't think I'll ever know, but it was totally humiliating in a way that you can only be humiliated when you have hope and when you put something out there expecting at least one nice thing to be said and literally nothing kind is said it really wrecked me like when you go into a situation expecting okay this person's kind of a jerk this person you know is one of those quote-unquote hard hitters they just say whatever comes to mind you you don't put as much of your soul out there as when you are anticipating something different so I was completely humiliated crying and I remember I called my then boyfriend who was uh not like the greatest person to be calling he was you know not employed he was unavailable unmotivated and his response was basically you'll be fine and I remember he broke up with me the following week after spending a weekend posting tiktoks of himself with this girl he told me not to worry about because she was like a little crazy and on a side note <laughs> he told me that on our second date and I shouldn't have given him even two more minutes of my time because people who always find themselves at the center of drama around people who cause drama nine times out of ten they need it and will create it themselves if it doesn't materialize through the channels that they've established in their lives secondly when guys talk badly about other women it's almost always an easy way to make you feel superior and untouchable. I'm talking to the ladies right now. It's an easy way to make you feel superior and untouchable, which allows them to get away with all sorts of nonsense. When he described her like that, I remember thinking, I'm sure he, I'm sure he didn't mean that. I'm sure he'll never say anything like that again. And I just said, I'm sure she's doing her best with her life. So he moved on pretty quickly from that, but I, I still believed him when he said that she wasn't his speed or whatever, whatever phrase he used last year. <laughs> Anyways, um, obviously this guy may have changed. I don't know. Maybe it was all my fault. It'll be a year pretty soon, so I feel like I can share that without causing any damage. But anyways, while hearing someone say I would never be able to afford living alone did light a fire in me on the spot, like in the moment. You know, that the treatment at that event where I shared my song, it didn't light a fire in me that very night. And that that guy, that ex's bizarre callousness, which manifested in the weeks following our breakup, it didn't light a fire in me right after the heartbreak. The six years I spent trying to get my dad's business to be something it wasn't, and the blame I received for not making it, what it quote-unquote should have been didn't light a fire in me soon enough even the the almost decade I spent trying to fit in with people who just didn't want 
me, <laughs> you know, who just didn't want me as I was. That didn't, that didn't hit me upside the head for a long time. But eventually, one day, I remember I woke up and I had just had it. And that was in January. And when I say everything came together, what I mean is that all of those years and experiences where people underestimated me or tried to put me down, it just exploded in like this blazing fireball of intention and uncharacteristic fury. And I emerged an entirely new creature. I changed every single thing about my life. And I know this is anecdotal evidence, but honestly, I haven't really found any science on this. It's mostly anecdotal. You know, stories about kids who were told they would never amount to much and they end up writing books and that teacher who told them go home, you know, ends up having an autographed copy. Women like Mel Robbins, who at 40 lost everything um, in front of the naysayers, then worked her way back to an even better place for herself and her family. Men like Dwayne Johnson, who thought they were going to be pro football players, then got cut and made it even bigger than they would have if they had gotten everything they thought they wanted. All of them talk about naysayers and how to a degree those naysayers fueled them. And these people aren't cruel, they aren't mean. They're some of the most likable, kind, approachable people in their respective industries. I mean, I've personally met Tom Bilyeu and he's one of, I put him in this category. And I've never forgotten his warmth and genuine care for the people who were there to hear him speak. Like he stayed, I've mentioned this before, but he stayed for 10 hours answering questions. I think he was there until like three in the morning. Same with Gary Vaynerchuk. Like that guy, he responds to comments at a level I have literally never seen with any creator. One of his favorite topics is how he loves to prove people wrong. It's like, okay, so what's going on here? If I hadn't let myself be fueled, whether knowingly or not, by the naysaying, jabs, the gossip, my life would be in exactly the same place as it was a year ago. And I'm not going back there, and I'm glad to be where I am right now. So the question remains, is it wrong to use proving people wrong as motivation? And the short answer is no, in my opinion. No, it's not wrong, but with a caveat. I've come to the realization that there will never be one form of motivation that works all the time or even for every person at any time. I have decided to simply ride each motivator until it putters out or slows down and then I jump onto the next motivation train going by. For example, some days visions of the future get me up and going in the morning. Some days that vision feels too big, too distant, and too complicated. On days when it feels so complicated, too complicated, the simple act of asking, what can I do right now? And what can, how can I make myself move forward even a little bit? That's enough. Sometimes the idea of having a happy, healthy family where I can afford to invest in my kids' interests and natural inclinations motivates me like nothing else. Other days, the idea of having kids ever is totally overwhelming and it feels like there are a billion steps between here and there. Of course, it helps to have, you know, a boyfriend and then a husband, <laughs> but regardless, on days when that feels impossibly complicated, the best thing that I can do is to parse it down. On a day like that, which I had quite recently, what got me up and going, I have to admit, and I, I don't want to be ashamed of this anymore, was the memory of people in high school and college who didn't take me seriously, people who didn't seem to want me to succeed, who would insult or demean or belittle me. I've even had family members who pushed other people's musical accomplishments in my face every chance they got, even when it was right after one of my performances, and that was when I was at a formative point in my youth when I was like 12, 13 years old, at, at my most vulnerable and insecure. And those memories lit a fire in me and I got up and got at it that day. Maybe it's less about the black and white of right and wrong. 
Maybe I don't have to know exactly how it works. Maybe it's time to let it rip and do so consciously. But you might be asking, Ashley, what's the caveat? And it's really short. It's basically, it's easy for this kind of motivation to become comparison or an effort to actively shove things in people's faces. No one, myself included, perhaps especially myself at this like formative moment where I'm just discovering this powerful motivator, no one is above that possibility. And that's where things get ugly really fast. That's where my character would begin to suffer and I would wake up to a version of myself I don't even like. And then everything just dies from there. So but the fact is this is a risk with every form of motivation, with every human endeavor. Even the best things are at risk of being warped. Using proving people wrong as motivation is not bad if you're not comparing yourself or trying to make them feel bad. You're not comparing yourself to them. You're becoming the most unstoppable version of you. They were just kind enough and the role they played was to show you a goalpost you hadn't realized was there and that you're about to blow past. So, as of today, <laughs> I might change my mind, but as of today, I say use the naysayers as motivation and ride that train as far as it'll take you. Let it rip. That's all I have for you tonight. As ever, remember that you have a powerful mind, an iron will, and the heart of a lion. Life is an experiment. You're the scientist. I'm Ashley Nicole, and you've been listening to An Introvert at Large.